Yeah, you know? don't don't ignore the world's problems because what because you know material things they do fade because beauty will fade because beauty is only skin deep. All of those things are very true. So show us like the real you. Show us like what really matters. Really matters. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Unfazed with Tazzy Faye podcast, where we have casual, down to earth conversations about all sorts of topics. On today's episode, I will be talking to Hakima Cummings. Hakima is a modest wear stylist from Chicago, but she resides in the DMV area. She is the fourth of 10 children from parents who immigrated from Belize in Central America. She began her career as a modest wear stylist back in 2013 after studying to become a doctor and has since styled for runway and brand shoots while also showing her own personal style online. She uses her platform to inspire women towards modest style with an emphasis on being unapologetic about the many layers to our identity, especially as Muslim women. She's a mother of two young girls, and you can find her content at Hakima CMB and her website, www.cmbstyling.com. Today's episode is a continuation of the interviews that I did for the Modest Fashion video that you can find on my YouTube channel. We talk a lot about everything from the spiritual aspects of Modest Fashion to what it's like, you know, currently in the industry. I really ask a lot about spirituality. I ask about opinions on the state of Muslim fashion on social media and the industry. And so that's really where our conversation today will go. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Here it is. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Okay. So my name is Hakima Cummings and, um, my kind of Instagram screen name is Hakima CMB. Um, so what I do is that I'm a stylist. So I'm a fashion stylist, but I specialize in modest fashion. So um, I kind of began with runway uh, back like eight years ago. And it's kind of become a lot more than just runway. I do photo shoots. I go to women's homes and like overhaul their wardrobe. I go like shopping with them and pick out outfits. Um, I do virtual styling. um, And then just like general influencer type stuff, like marketing through social media. So alhamdulillah, um, my main title is a stylist, but it's just become a lot more than that by now. (laughs) That sounds like a really cool... Um, job to get into. So what inspired you to get into modest fashion and start your business or your company or your page? Okay. Uh, So inspired has to go all the way back to like, even before CMB was even a thing, because I believe like it's really inspired by like my father and his like entrepreneurial spirit because he never, he would always complain if there was anyone ever above him in, in a job, he would be like, I I just can't keep this job. Like I just can't have anybody telling me what to do (laughs) like nine to five type of person. He's never been that person. So he's always had his own thing. Um, and so like one by one, all 10 of us, we've all like gone into our own, our own thing in some way, whether it's like in high school selling stuff or like even more like for me kind of building my own platform. So um, when modest fashion became a thing, you know, about 10 or so years ago, it seemed like the perfect spot for me to kind of dive into my entrepreneurial spirit. 
So um, I just started to like sell those maxi hijabs, those maxi viscose hijabs with the big prints all over them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that Dina Tokyo made famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, let me go and sell those, you know, because I had like a, a, a wholesale kind of in with someone. Okay. And so I started to sell those in my Facebook page. And then when people started to tell me, ask me how to style them, mm-hmm. that's when the styling came to play. Okay. And then from then on, it's just been, yeah, styling. And I stopped selling, but more so just like marketing other people's products, whether that's clothing, hijabs, now lifestyle stuff, et cetera. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and so what does modest fashion mean to you or how would you define um, it? Well, modest fashion, I think is it's a, it's different things for different people because of, I think we use the word modest fashion to try to be inclusive of people who are not Muslim. So instead of saying hijabi fashion, we'll say modest fashion because there's so many other women who choose to co- cover themselves. Um, so modest fashion for, you know, in, in a general term, I think it's just a way of dressing that covers your curves or privatizes your body or, um, just gives you some some level of you know coverage where you don't let certain things out, <laughs> yeah. um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be Muslim women. Although I think Muslim women are the most um, noticeable in that regard, or or maybe not the most noticeable, noticeable, but you know people tend to when they think of modest fashion, they think of Muslim women because of the hijab, um, kind of the head covering. But hijab is a lot more than that; it's from your head all the way down. Um, so. Yeah, modest fashion is an inclusive term for anyone who wants to cover themselves. But particularly for me, modest fashion is hijab fashion. So I take it to mean something religious, something that is mandated by God. And the reason why I wear it is for for him and to please him and because he commanded that we cover ourselves in this way. Um, And I think like modest fashion has now not only become um, hijab, the fashion part of it has now become like a culture, kind of like a, like a, a thing between us online or like between us, as we talk about like how we dress and style and things like that. I think it kind of broadens it from that religious kind of like text, um, definition. And it's become kind of, um, like a a cultural kind of thing that we all, um, you know, share with each other. So, in that way, it's like, it's a social media platform. It's like, you know, the colors that look good on you. It's like color palettes with your outfit and your shoes. And, you know, it's all of that as well. And I think it's really cool that Muslim women have found a way to marry the two where there's creativity and there's who you are. And like, I look great in mustard and I look great in sky blue, but also I'm going to cover these body parts because this is what God wants me to do. There's, there's a happy marriage between the both of those. Right. Right. Um, and to go off a point that you made, it's like a community now. So, you know, it's such a big, big wide community and it is a culture, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think about how, cause there's a lot of Muslim women who don't necessarily cover their head, um, and probably still dress modestly, but Mm -hmm. I always wonder, you know, do people see them as this is off topic, but less Muslim almost, or like they're not as visibly Muslim. They're not as included in the modest fashion scene. Like I would say, you know, when a lot of hijabi influencers take off their hijabs, mm-hmm. then it's like, they're not modest fashion bloggers anymore because they don't wear the actual headscarf. So that's interesting how I think sometimes for Muslims, 
uh, modest fashion is synonymous with or interchangeable with hijabi fashion. Yeah, 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 that is true. And that's one thing that women who don't wear hijab or have removed their hijab that they have brought up in terms of like, how come as soon as I don't cover my hair, suddenly I'm not a part of the community anymore? You know, like, how can you take me out of the fold when just yesterday, when you thought I was full on hijabi, I was, I was, you know, one and the same with everybody else. Right. And I think that's really un unfortunate. I mean, I've never had that experience because I wore hijab from when I was younger and I, you know, inshallah, I plan to keep it on. Mm -hmm. But for those who have that in and out, you know, where you're in of the in the community and then suddenly the community is bashing you, that's very, very unfortunate. I think that's something we definitely have to change about this modest fashion community. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I think, and this might not be included, but I, I um, now I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> I'm just... No, that's having conversation with you. But um, one thing that I was thinking about, especially in the last few days, because I was brainstorming all this is I, I know a lot of backlash was about how people were angry that you create a, a, a platform around mm -hmm. your hijab or something like that. And that's why people are really upset that they took it off. But to me, I'm like, it's not like they weren't living with the hijab in real life. Like it was mm -hmm. not just an online thing that they were, or they were not like saying like, like promoting a hijabi lifestyle. Like they were showing you how to wear it. And, but it's not like, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like, you know, I don't know. Did you, did, did you used to watch Casey Neistat? Did you ever watch his vlogs? No. no? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think of someone like him who, so he had a really big following and the whole daily vlogging took off because of him. Like he started yeah. it, he was doing yeah. it every day and all his videos would always promote like work hard, work harder. You're not working hard enough. Stop making excuses. Da, 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 da. And then like now he doesn't mm -hmm. really make videos and he, the tattoo that he had said that work harder. Now he has a t tattoo that says work less. And he's like, oh, I was actually, I was wrong. <laughs> so, so to me, yeah. I'm like, okay, I get that, that maybe you push this philosophy and like make the whole world or like however many people watch your videos, like, you know, follow your, you know, you, what you were pushing, like your propaganda, yes. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then they're upset when they're like, well, now you're just, now you made your money and now you're just relaxing and you're telling us all to relax, you know, but I feel like the hijab is different. I don't feel like it's the mm -hmm. same thing because that's a personal religious thing. And that's like, you know, you may have a 10 minute vlog, but you're living your life wearing that hijab outside of for, for like 20 years, you know, some of these influencers. I'm going on. I'm sorry. I'm going in a direction that I'm not trying to go. But no, I always like, think about I, that. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you because like, no, like nobody knows how what someone's relationship is with their hijab outside of what they portray to you. And a lot of times you think, you know, that this person is so committed to it that they would never like, you know, that they're, you're so offended by the fact that they wore something with their hijab that you don't think that they should or, or whatever, but you don't know what that person's real commitment to the hijab is or that the meaning of their hijab is because you don't know their heart at the end of the day, that spirituality, you know, and how can someone truly con convey to you through a screen, their spirituality, you know? So if you see them going up and down, like, you know, they're committed to it and they're really portraying that they're committed to it. But then, you know, a month or two later, they're like, I really, I really am not really feeling this right now. Like I'm taking it off. That might've already been happening that month before, you know, like this is not something that just 
suddenly arrives. Like it's developing in those strong moments. It's still there. And in those weak moments, it's just showing more, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, again, like it's just, I, alhamdulillah, I don't have those ups and downs in that regard, but there's other things that you have those ups and downs with, you know? So I just, for me, I just like, with, with the whole like, you know, influencers taking their hijab off conversation, I tend to just exit the whole thing because I don't know how to, I don't know how to analyze it because there's no analyzing it, you know, right, like it's right. just so hard to figure it out. So individual. I agree. I was getting comments like, talk about this person taking it. I'm like, why would I talk about them taking it off? Like, like they took how, it off. You, like, how, could you, how could you like accurately say anything about it? It's like, yeah. she took it off. That's all we know. Right. And it's like, what is her, it? Like, this is what she has to say about it. I don't know. And what is it, my business? And aren't there other things we can talk about? Like, why is this pressing news? But yeah, I mean, yeah, true. I think we know why it's pressing news. People are petty <laughs> I don't know Maybe. yeah they yeah. just want stuff to talk about yeah um okay so back to what we were talking about before okay what were we talking about so we were talking about community and and the culture that's been I guess developed um you know the the modest fashion scene on social media do you feel like there's a representation issue you know from your point of view as someone who um has a business or a page dedicated to being a stylist, do you feel like there's a representation issue? Why or why not? There, there definitely is a representation issue. And I think that like, for me, one, one way that it's opened up my eyes in terms of like what representation even is, because for me as a person, like as a black person, I think about representation a lot in terms of race, right? Like, are there enough non-white people in these spaces? You know, are they getting enough brand deals? Are they invited to the events? Are they speaking at the functions? You know, whatever. But what other brands that are that are inclusive in other ways has opened my mind to is like, we're not only not inclusive racially, but we're not inclusive, like in terms of ableism, for example. Like there was this one brand that took, um, that did a photo shoot for her new campaign and she featured someone who didn't have a leg, like um, had a, um, a prosthetic leg and then someone who was in a wheelchair and someone who, you know, had maybe like a shorter arm. And I was just thinking, I've never seen that before in any hijab fashion campaign. I've never seen someone in a wheelchair and how marginalized are Muslims who are in wheelchairs? How do they feel when all the hijabi fashion girls are just like, you know, standing up, moving around, doing all this stuff. And like, and it just, it just makes them feel like, okay, how do I see myself in your, in your dresses and your hijabs and stuff? Like I feel pretty when I put these things on, but I don't see myself in those campaigns. So, um, and then also that something that I, again, like over the, over time started to think more about is, you know, size inclusivity. Like as I, as I became a mother and everything changed, you know, in terms of what I can and cannot wear, I was like, man, there needs to be all these sisters who have been saying plus sizes or sizes for curvy bodies or sizes for women who are need to do a lot of things with their clothes because of babies. Where's the the representation for that? Like, where's the true representation for that? Like, don't just say, oh, there's a button on top of my dress. Really show us, like, how do you use this functionally as a mother? 
you know, with a young child and stay covered in public while you're trying to feed your child, things like that. Um, I didn't see that too often. So um, I know that from me, you know, I've been very vocal on my page about um, race inclusivity, but we also have to be representative of people in all those other types of ways as well. Um, people who are short. I mean, even just that, do we have dresses that are that are for short women, like people who are five feet or, or, or lower, or, you know, five, right. like I'm five, four lower, I said lower or yeah. shorter, Yeah. you know, like every, if everything's always so long and, and all the short people have to go and get their stuff tailored. Yeah. Bias never another, fit. Yeah. Bias they're spending another $30 on every dress. They're not going to buy from you. They're just going to go somewhere else that they could try it on instead of buying it online. Right. So like having short sizes, having tall sizes, having plus sizes, um, all of that, all of that really matters. And, and it's lacking, definitely yeah. lacking. Yeah. I think, um, I think I, I don't see a, much of a change with the race, um, representation, but I never really, and I, but I've heard of, I think, I don't, I don't want to quote like vague things. I do that a lot, but I, I know that I want to say like four years ago, a while ago, there was a major, uh, YouTuber. I think it was, I don't know if I say her name, Chinute. And she had called somebody out about how they didn't have enough black modest influencers. I don't remember if it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, So maybe I got it right. (laughs) Maybe I got all the details right, but she, I remember that. And, um, but yeah, in terms of the other categories that you were talking about in terms of like size and um disabilities i i didn't even think about that we i think we are i mean we it's just me but i think i am interviewing um that company that you're talking about i'm is it nida from headed yeah okay yes. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. She, we haven't so good about inclusive like she when i saw that campaign i was like oh my god like have i been closed minded all of my life yeah. to not think a little bit outside of myself cuz i don't like say if I had a sibling who was um, disabled or, or, you know, my own child or something, then I, then suddenly, because it's in your life, that's when you start to think about it. But you should, but if you are truly open-minded and we all have work to do, right. Then we would be thinking about those things, even if they don't overlap with our own lives, you know, but right. sometimes we're just selfish. I mean, you, you, you think, and you see only what you can absorb and that's usually just your own life, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I love I love headed somewhere for that. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell her that too. No, they're great. Um, but also, I think I was watching uh, one of your uh, Instagram stories, not stories. I don't know. I do TV. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was you were you were pointing out facts about how many um, like in a lot of these articles about top hijabi mm-hmm. influencers to yeah. follow, and yeah. it was like there would either be zero or maybe one out of 20 mm-hmm. people who are black. So, yeah, I mean, that that's very true. And, and when I did the research to make that, I was going live with two other ladies and then it became the IGTV afterwards. When I was doing the research for that, like I already knew that this was true, but to do a quick Google search and actually tally up the numbers and make percentages out of it. And I didn't have the dig far. Like I just Googled modest fashion influencers or top modest fashion bloggers or like whatever. And to see the evidence of it, like right there on the first page of Google, it's kind of like, if the, if the proof is right there, the writings are on the wall, then why aren't we doing anything to change it? It's, it's just like, as if 
just it's the same thing as when I um, just mentioned that, you know, I didn't think about ableism and representation until it was right in front of my face, but it has been right in front of my face, you know, but I, I've, I've not like absorbed it into my lifestyle, you know? Right. And so when people, you know, they're, when they're not cognizant or like, you know, they're not really thinking about race relations and race representation, um, then they would think it's not even an issue. You know, they, they wouldn't even think twice about getting a campaign full of, you know, white skin models for their next, um, their next marketing, you know, their next collection or whatever it is. They wouldn't think twice because even though the evidence is right there, it's not overlapping with their lifestyle. And so it's like, it's not even, it's, it's not something that they would think twice about. So they just, you know, campaign after campaign, you scroll down the feed and it's full of people who don't look like, like me, not look like anyone that you, I mean, some of these campaigns are so ridiculous. It's like, you don't even, there's no one even who looks like that. <laughs> like they, yeah. It's just so, it's so like just one way of looking like one slender, white, blue eyed person over and over and over and over and over. Not even maybe not even blue eyed, but just that same European standard of looking. Yes. And um, and yeah, you've you've got to kind of open your mind and think twice about it. And when people say that representation matters, you have to look at the things that you yourself are creating, you know, Um, and however you're, you know, even if you're not a social media person or you don't have a brand, but even in your own life, like who are the who are, who are your children's friends? You know, mm-hmm. are you encouraging them to befriend people who don't look like them so that you have like a multicultural family friend group, you know, right. anything like that. Um, so yeah, when I did the re- the research for that, I was like, I know this is true because again, this is something that does include me. And so I have to, I've paid attention to it, but when I actually looked at it for the numbers, I was like, wow, this is, if anybody cared, there would have been someone calling this out a long time ago. Right. You know, like someone should have written about this before or talked about this before in a video. And it seemed as if nobody ever had. Tainute, yes, she did make that um, statement. And that was really, um, that was really, I feel like that was like a a big um, beginning moment. Okay, yeah, moment. Yeah, it was, like a, it was like a moment where finally someone was saying something loudly enough because there was like it's like as if people were like chatting about it but when she said it as a big influencer Mm -hmm. um having hundreds of thousands of followers it was like okay she's really she like this is really a problem you know um and i think she had said she was the only one i think maybe other other than her best mckay if that if her okay um were were at that event and when she called that out that was that was a moment when people were like oh yeah. You know, it's like that light bulb of, oh, Black people, they, they <laughs> yeah. be here too. You yeah. know, it's like, dang, that we've been saying that. We're right here. We're like, creating hello. content. <laughs> yeah, we're creating content too. We're people too, right. you know, but you've been just excluding us for so long. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that, I guess going off that point, I have kind of like a double question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that... One, it's the responsibility of big influencers to change the conversation. And two, um, how do I word this? I guess like some people's 
what's I'm so bad with coming up with words. What's wrong with me? Like backlash or argument against um, against that is that that will like what do you expect? We 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 give people platforms. They get these platforms for a very superficial thing, and then you expect them to like be concerned with social justice. So I don't know um, if you have any thoughts on that. Um. So the question is like whether they whether influencers have the responsibility yes. to um, specifically to care about like that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, simply put, definitely. Because I I honestly don't believe that fashion is superficial in the first place. Especially in in our realm. I mean, some fashion can be very superficial, right? But for us as Muslim women and we're trying to propagate modest fashion slash hijab fashion, to me, it already has a higher meaning, right? So there's nothing superficial about me propagating, you know, the Abaya company and the hijab company and whatever, because at the end of the day, yeah, it's fun and creative and, you know, it's just kind of like consumerism or whatever, but it's also, hey, like this is a really great fabric for you to wear that's not going to make you hot and itchy and want to rip off your hijab in the middle of the summer, like wear jersey, here it is. And right. let me style it for you in 10 different ways, you know? Okay. Um, so it's fun, but I don't think it's necessarily superficial. I think it, it can get very superficial when you choose to completely ignore the things that are meaningful as you create your experience about those more artistic and aesthetic things in life. If you choose to completely ignore anything that's more real, like social justice or like, um, the environment or like fundraising for causes and things like that. If you, if you completely ignore those things, then yeah, like your even your hijab fashion and your modest fashion and your makeup or whatever else you're doing to inspire the world, it's going to be very superficial because you're not reading the room. Like there's more to life than, than just that. Even if you're making meaning out of fashion, if you're not really showing people, okay, this is what actually matters. Like even, even things like you know, just getting real about motherhood or, you know, just getting real about the struggles about, you know, uh, mental health or like whatever else it is. Um, It's going to be a very fluffy page when you don't put anything concrete behind it, you know? Um, So I think there's definitely a responsibility for it. Do you have to be the next Sean King? Like, no, not necessarily. (laughs) Like you don't have to be a social justice warrior. Like it can mean a lot for, to you in your heart as you post about the other things that your page has always been about. But I think it's really important to show people what really does matter, not mattering like behind the fashion or like behind, but what really matters on the front, on the front end, like social justice, there's no like, outfit about that. Like you've got to just show that head on, you know, like you've got to just be real. And I think people really appreciate when you are real. And then you're also who you've always been. Like you've always been the hijab stylist girl. So style those hijabs, but also like, you know, don't ignore, yeah, yeah, don't, don't ignore the world's problems because what, because, you know, material things, they do fade because beauty will fade, because beauty is only skin deep. All of those things are very true. So show us like the real you, show us like what really matters, you know? Do you have any other thoughts on the current state of the Muslim fashion industry? Or is there anything that you wanted to say or leave the audience with any last thoughts? Um, Putting you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that 
people um, have started to do in modest fashion that I think is very, um, what do we call it, refreshing, is is when you mentioned the sister who you're going to be talking to about like ethical and sustainability, I think that that's really refreshing. And I like the direction that that's going because, again, like just mixing the things that can be interpreted as more superficial, like you know, buying things and marketing brands and da, 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 da. But also like, where, where are these textiles coming from? Um, you know, and where do they go? Like when you donate your hijabs and your dresses, are they going to go to environmental pollution after this? You know, are they, yeah, like now there's biodegradable bamboo hijabs, you know, mm-hmm. I just think that that's really, really amazing that we're thinking even more um, about the meaning behind our, our clothing. Um, so, I mean, I like that direction. I like the real direction, not reels, like, not like Instagram reels, but like <laughs> R-E-A-L. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I thought real like that, but <laughs> I was thinking real, like, like you said, yeah. <laughs> I like the very real direction that we're going into, you know, like when people get real on their Instagram is when people, um, when like the world finds it to be like much more inspiring, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that when I first started um, doing fashion in 2011 or something like that, or whenever the, whenever it was, um, I was very wary about getting into modest fashion because I didn't see anybody being real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the very beginning, it was very like, oh my gosh, like it's, it was almost like suffocatingly. <laughs> it was like perfect like, images and yeah, you know, yeah. yeah it was it was suffocating like that and I was like I know I knew of this word called influencer and I was like I never want to be one of those <laughs> <laughs> I never want to be an influencer please god like I just want to be I want to be a stylist like use mm-hmm. that word don't call me a fashionista don't call me a turbanista don't call me a hijabista don't, <laughs> Vistas, like, because to me, it was automatically going to put me in in a group that box, yeah. was like, there was, there was no way these girls were ever going to post about anything more than their hijab pins. Like there was nothing, there was nothing more to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, like that can, that can in and of itself be fine, but I was just like, I, I need something more. And so that's why I chose to do styling because I felt like that was really like a partnership with a designer, mm-hmm. um, kind of a bridge to the consumer, um, like, you know, showing people how to wear things. So maybe they would wear it like that. You know, um, I felt like it was more like a service. Uh, and I didn't see much people doing um, anything that I wanted to be truly associated with like having the influencer title. Mm-hmm. But nowadays that people are using that word for me, I've become more comfortable with it because I realize that influencer doesn't doesn't necessarily mean anything negative necessarily. It really is like um subjective, you know, some people who are influencing, yeah, they're influencing towards superficiality and negativity and whatever. Um mm-hmm. But I think people are very, people have become more um, mature about their approach to social media where influencer doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're grouped into whoever you're, you don't necessarily want to associate with. It's more so like, okay, how does this person portray themselves on their page? What do they influence about, you know? Right. So um, I don't think it's necessarily like a stereotype. I felt like it was a stereotype at the beginning where like, if I'm an influencer, that means I have to be a certain kind of way, you know? Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think this real um, 
part of everyone kind of showing themselves as as just far more than a highlight reel, I think is um, is very, very refreshing. So yeah. I like the way it's going so far. I would agree. I would agree. I have trouble <laughs> with the word influencer still, though. I'm not there yet. I'm still like, someone's like you're an influencer. Like, don't call me that. <laughs> yeah. It's a little crazy, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you, you know, um, doing this with me and thank Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate the support so much. And I want to give the editor of this podcast, Fizan, a shout out and a thank you. You can find him on SoundCloud and Instagram at Fizan Beats. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave me a rating and a review. It will help a ton. If you want to help keep this podcast going, you you can support with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes on the anchor.fm podcast page. Any sort of contribution will help. And for those of you who have already done that, thank you so much. It means so much to me.